<clears throat> okay, great to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. It's a treat to be here. You know, uh, men have been gathering together. Men of God have been gathering together from the very beginning. We're going to look at a little text on that today. But before we do, I want to remind you of who's really in the room and who's represented in the room. So take a look around. Okay, you get to see there's dozens and dozens of guys here today. Now I want you to think about who's represented in the room. Uh, just mentioning five, I have five kids and, and a grandchild. So really, I have uh, five, plus I have son-in-law. And so I, I represent a group of people here today. So think about who you represent here today. Maybe who you left at home today. Maybe who you're going to see this weekend. Maybe they're going to come and visit or you're going to go visit them. But it's those people. But please don't miss this. It's those people. That's why we're gathering here today. It's not because you guys need a slap upside the head or you need more Bible content. It's because of those people and the amazing privilege we have to be men of God, to be iron men of God, to be influencers as God's called us to be in the lives of the people, starting with the people that we love the most. And then the people that we're going to bump into today, maybe in our workplace, maybe in our neighborhood, maybe this weekend in our church context. But I want to pray, not just for us, but for those people. Lord, I pray for all the people that are represented in this room here today, the hundreds and hundreds of men and women, boys and girls, friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, that we have the privilege of being part of their life, that we have the privilege of influencing them because that's what you've called us to do, that you would minister through us, not just to us, through us today, that there might be a nugget that we get to take with us today and share with those that we love and those that we influence. So that's what I ask you to do. Would you believe that's your great work? I pray for these influencers, these leaders, these men of God, that they would step into their calling and they would execute it with uh, enthusiasm, uh, with encouragement, and with great faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so speaking of great faith, I'm going to open up the scriptures. If you have the scriptures, you feel free to open up with me. If you have a phone, whatever you want to do, or just sit and listen. But uh, I'm going to look at uh, a character you might be aware of in the Bible. His name is Joshua. Now, Joshua, maybe like you and me, he didn't go to Bible school. But here's what Joshua did. Joshua hung out with a godly man. His name was Moses. That's what Joshua did. He just hung out with him. He followed him around. He served him. He blessed him. He learned. He listened. So here's the first takeaway. Before we even open up the text, is there anybody like that in your life right now? There probably was, you know, if you're like me, you know, I'm in my 60s. I'm a grandfather. I mean, you know, I, was, I had guys discipling me. I was privileged to have guys discipling me in my 20s. But is there someone discipling you now? Are you discipling someone now? Do you have a Paul who's speaking into your life? Someone who's maybe a half step ahead of you? Do you have a guy that you're investing in? Maybe a younger man, maybe just younger in the Lord. That maybe you're a half step ahead of them. You don't have to be polished to do this. Moses obviously wasn't polished. But he allowed Joshua to hang out with him. And then when Moses' time was time to go away, Joshua stepped into it. And so here we're going to look at Joshua. You know, if you want a uh, 
one of the takeaways from today, read through the book of Joshua and see what God did with his men as he took them into the promised land, because that's what Joshua's job was, to take them into the promised land. But now the setting for what we're going to read today is they've been in the promised land for a while. It's kind of gone, eh, eh, not as good as maybe they thought. There were people in the promised land. They had to take care of them. They didn't take care of them really well. They became friends with people they probably shouldn't have become friends with. Things happened that they really didn't expect. Uh, Things have now gone a little chaotic. This group of people that crossed the Jordan River, these people of God that had marched in the desert for 40 years, are now more of a lukewarm group of people. And Joshua's doing what, what a man of God should do. He's gathering the men together. He's saying, we need to meet at Axiom Coffee. It's 7 a.m. on Friday, and we need to hear from God. It's time for me as the leader to challenge the men of God on behalf of the community, because that's what happens when men come together. Periodically, not every day, maybe not even every week, maybe not even every month, but periodically, we need to get together, and we need to hear from God together. So, Lord, I pray that we would hear from you today. It wouldn't be about just the text. It wouldn't be, certainly wouldn't be about me, but it would be about you ministering to each one of us. We have a lot in common in this room right now, right here. It's a lot in common. But we're all very different. We're all on our different pilgrimage, different journey. So I ask that you would do what only you can do. You'd minister to me right where I am today. You'd minister to my friends right where they are today. You can do it, and I ask you to, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, here's the text. You're going to recognize some of this text. You're going to go, oh, yeah, I know that verse. Uh, This is the end of Joshua's life. This is what men do. Some of you guys are near the end of your life. You're like me. You're in your last quarter. This is what guys like us do. We speak into other people's lives. We speak from the experience and the expertise that God's given us from living life and getting beat up. And being wounded and coming through it and staying the course. And that's what Joshua's doing. But Joshua's going to do something a little different today. So let's take a look at it. He's gathering the men. It's called Shechem. So there was no Axiom Coffee back then. Okay, get them up on the mountain. Get them to Shechem. He says, meet me at Shechem. All the men. Don't leave your families. Just the men. Meet me at Shechem. Because we need to talk. So here's Joshua. I'm going to look in chapter 24, last chapter in the book of Joshua. And uh, I think I'll just start in verse 14. Joshua saying, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away, throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And then this verse you might recognize. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you this day, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me in my household, we will serve the Lord. So it's an an exhortation. He's not doing a teaching lesson. You know, when we go to church on Sunday morning, that's a teaching lesson. You know, open up your Bible, take out your notebook, whatever it is to teach. Today's not really a teaching lesson. Certainly wasn't a teaching lesson at Shechem. It was a time of exhortation. We as men need a periodic exhortation. We need a time. I mean, one of my favorite hymns is Rise Up, O Men of God. 
Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and soul and mind and strength and serve the King of Kings. Rise up, O men of God. The church, Big C Church, for you doth wait. Her strength unequal to the task. Rise up and make her great. So rise up, Lord, I pray that we would rise up. This is what Joshua's burden was. He wanted his friends, his brothers, his community, the guys he would get together with once a month, really, every day. These are the guys he was living life with. This wasn't, you know, some special speaker who came in on a Friday. But these, this, Joshua knew these guys. When he says, throw away the gods of your forefathers, it's because he knew what they were doing, that they were trying to worship the one true God and worship the gods of the Amorites. And it could not, would not, does not happen, can't happen, doesn't work. So it's an appropriate challenge. It's a relational challenge. So here's Joshua. He decides, I'm just going to declare what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it to my brothers. So look what he says. So listen to what Joshua says. He's challenging them. Choose this day who you'll serve. And then he says this, as for me in my household, we will serve the Lord. So that's what that's one of the things I, I'm focusing on as I'm meditating on this passage preparing for today. I'm thinking, how can he say that? How can a man say, as for me and my household? I, it would make more sense if he just said, as for me, I will serve the Lord. Because, you know, he can have some control on that. But he's saying, as for me and my household. Now, keep in mind, Joshua's like over 100 years old. Think about the size of his household. You think you got a big household? Joshua's got kids, grandkids, great-grandkids. He's, he's working agriculture. He's probably got all kinds of people on his team, people that work for him, people that are around his household. And he's declaring out loud in front of others, as for me, certainly for me, and my household, we together, we will serve the Lord. So what do you think about that? Is that appropriate? Can, can a man really say that? I think he can, and he did. And I think you and I can say it as well. Now, what we can't do is control it. You can't control the outcome. Joshua can't control the outcome. There's no real in-depth study of Scripture to understand what Joshua's children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren did. In fact, if you want a little study, and just, just flip over the pages to Judges 2, and you see another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel, verse 10. So really, it doesn't look good for the next generation. Joshua cannot control what his kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids will do. What he can control is what he can do and what he will declare out loud in front of his friends and brothers, and so that his entire family, his entire household, knows the direction of the Joshua team. We're going to serve the Lord. So let's stop and pause there. Have you ever done anything like that? What would that look like for you and I to do it? What would it look like for you and I in June, the summer of 2022, to declare out loud appropriately out loud, but in a way so that the people that we influence and the people that we have a hearing with would say, that family, that household, they serve the Lord. Now, it's been my experience with myself as well that I'm a little cautious, hesitant to say that, 
because I look around at every one of my kids. I look at my children, look at my extended family, my son-in-law, my in-laws. Not everyone's really serving the Lord. I mean, some are. Some are doing it valiantly. Some are doing it with all their heart. But not everybody is the same level. So I'm, I'm often a little cautious about saying that. But this passage challenges me. It's my responsibility as a spiritual leader of my home and often really spiritual leader of my entire household that I need to set the pace and I need to declare where we're going. This is where we're going. We're going to serve the Lord. Now, is everybody on board with it? To different levels they are. But it reminds me when I was a dad, back when they were little, my five little ones, I'd say, get in the car. Get in the car. Guess what they did? They got in the car and we went. We drove. Not everyone was on board. Where are we going now, Dad? Are we almost there? When are we going to get there? Why are we going there? I don't like that place. Not everyone was always on board. Have you ever had that? Not everyone's always say, you're the best, Dad. Thank you for taking us there. I'm always, uh, I love where you, in it. I think there was one time where that happened. But for the most part, you know, there was some questioning, some sighs, maybe even a rolling of the eyes. Here, so here's a takeaway for today. One of them. Maybe you'll get a different one. But here's one that's certainly one that I've been mulling over. Does my family know that I speak for them? Does my family hear me speak for them? Does the extended Doyle family hear me say, the Doyle family, we serve the Lord? That's an appropriate, in my opinion, and certainly Joshua's opinion, that's an appropriate pressure that a patriarch places on his family. Now, they choose. It's between them and God to some extent. But I'm going to set the pace. I'm going to declare out loud that my family serves the Lord. So let's see what the, let's see the response from the uh, brothers up here at Shechem. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then the men answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. Again, this is the whole book of Joshua. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites in whose land we live. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Well, to me, that sounds like a good response. Joshua challenged him. As for me and my household, we'll, we will serve the Lord. And the men said, hey, far from, from us not to do it, we're going to serve the Lord too. Keep in mind, though, Joshua knows these guys. This is a relational gathering. This isn't a guest speaker. Joshua knows pretty much everybody. And here's what Joshua says. Joshua says, you're not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and, Lord and serve foreign gods, he'll turn and bring an end to you after he's been good to you. <laughs> I mean, like, wow, who talks to you that way? I mean, really, just think about it for a minute. For a minute. When you say something <clears throat> and you say, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to do that, does anybody ever say to you, no, you're not? I mean, it's kind of insulting. It's not, who pushes back on you that way? Who gets in your face? 
you know, I guess it's a little gracious, but not all that gracious. Who does that? I mean, to me, that's one of the reasons I like the whole iron sharpening iron, Proverbs 27, 17, because there's going to be some sparks. If I have no one speaking into my life, no one looking to me, eye, no one putting their finger in my chest once in a while, no one who's challenging me, really, what hope do I have of living for Christ for a lifetime? I would say very little. Joshua knew these guys. He pushed back. Do you have men in your life right now, June of 2022? Do you have that? You don't need men. You need at least one guy. At least one guy who you are living transparently with, who will occasionally push back on you. Proverbs 27, 9, earlier in that same Proverbs 27 uh, chapter, says the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Earnest counsel, heartfelt counsel. A man who loves you enough to say hard things, who sees the way you're handling money, who sees the way you're talking to your wife, who sees your pattern of how you're using your time and talents, and says, what are you doing with your life? And you kind of go, your, your flesh wants to say, buzz off. Who the heck do you think you are? I, I get the impression that's what the guys are saying to Joshua. Buzz off. Are you kidding? Who are you? Well, Joshua takes the risk and steps into that relationship that he has. He, remember, he's earned that. This isn't, again, this isn't a guest speaker. This is Joshua. He's earned it. These guys are friends. Okay, so let's see. They say they're going to serve the Lord. Joshua says, no, you're not. You're not able to serve the Lord. And then, But the, the guy said, yeah, really, we're going to. The people said, we will serve the Lord. Okay, Joshua says, you are witnesses against yourself that you've chosen to serve the Lord. What he's saying is that you've now declared out loud, you're a witness against yourself. We didn't need to bring in other ways. You have just witnessed. We've heard it. You've declared it. That's part of being a man of God. That there are times in your life where you declare out loud in the presence of others, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step it up. I'm going to make an adjustment. I'm going to stop doing this. Maybe this is what happens next week at Four Rivers. You know, you're processing a little bit of maybe what we said today, and you're digging a little bit deeper, and you look the guys in the eye who are part of your table, and you kind of say, you know, I'm just going to say some right now out loud. I'm going to make an adjustment. I'm going to make a change. It might just be a slight change, but it's an important change because you're yielding to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And that's what men of God do. There are times and points in our life where we yield, we make a decision, and we do it in the presence of others. They are witnesses. We are witnesses because we declare it. That's what these men are doing. They're declaring out loud. Now then, Joshua said, throw away the foreign guys. If you're going to declare it, then the next step is do something. You've declared, now you need to do. You need to take those silly foreign gods that you've been worshiping in your tent, and you need to chuck them, get rid of them. You can't just say you're going to do something. You need to then do it, and I'm here to help you. I'm here to hold you accountable. I'm here to be with you, to lock arms with you. I'm not just here to pray for you. I'm available to you. We can do this together. How can I help? That's what Joshua's saying. Here's an action point. Take those things and get rid of them. So they've declared. They've done something. Now let's see what's next. And the people said, we will serve the Lord. We will obey him. And on that day, 
Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he drew up for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in a book of the law and set them up in a large, near large stone under the oak tree near the holy place of the Lord. So they've declared, first step, they've done or they're going to do, they have a plan to do. Now here's what they're doing. They're documenting it. What's day? 25th? 26th? Whatever the day is, <laughs> it's June. Let's just go with June. It's June 2022. You document June 2022, last Friday in June. I'm documenting. I'm going in my journal. I'm, I'm, here's one. I'm texting someone. I'm putting it down on paper or in a Google Doc or somewhere. I'm documenting. I'm documenting what I've declared and what I'm going to do. That's what's going on here. And now these guys, this is what brotherhood is, by the way. This is why we gather together, you know, one Friday a month. That's why you gather together next Friday, because you do life in community with other men. You don't, it's not just an isolated uh, adventure. It's an adventure with other men. It was an adventure here with other men. Now, they didn't have iPhones and Google Docs. They just had a, an oak tree and a stone and trying to scribble something down. I don't know really how that whole thing worked. But they wanted to mark the time. They marked it. They marked the moment. You know, for us, it's June 2022. What is it that we need to do as a result of this example of a man of God, a patriarch, a family leader declaring that they were, he was going to, Put it out there on behalf of his family. We will serve the Lord. Are you ready to declare something like that? Are you ready to do something different because of it? Well, you know, one action point might be just simply reading through the book of Joshua. It might, it, might, it might be moving from good intentions to good execution. That's what's going on here. I get the impression that these men of God that Joshua is challenging, they already had good intentions. You hear it in their voice. Far be it from us not to, for, not to serve the Lord. Far be it. We were here when he did all these things for us. When the walls came tumbling down to Jericho, we were there. The battle of Ai, we were there. When the sun stood still, we were there. He's a great God. He's a gracious God. He's our God. Yeah, well, why are these things in your tent? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the intentions were good. I'm just going to guess if you come up to this second floor over a coffee shop on a Friday morning at 7 a.m., you've already checked the box for good intentions. Check that box. Well, good intentions do not necessarily translate to good execution. Brotherhood is, a, is really how you get from good intentions to good execution. A real brotherhood, that means next week, you got to be at the Four Rivers. You got to process this with other men. You can't just show up once a month. It's not going to work. It's not, we're not designed that way. We're designed to live life together on behalf of others. Keep in mind what I said at the very beginning of our time here. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about those that are not in the room today. The adjustments we make this morning, I was looking for a way to adjust the room. It was kind of warm where I was. You know, at home, I've got a little thermostat, and I just kind of slightly adjust in the evening, slightly adjust in the morning. Probably what God's calling each of us to do is a slight adjustment. What does that slight adjustment look like for you today? 
Maybe it's something going back to something you did do and you're not doing it anymore. Maybe it's something you've never really done. Maybe it's just getting together with other brothers next week that you've kind of heard about this whole connect thing, but you haven't really taken part of it. Would you make an adjustment? Would you do it not just for yourself, but on behalf of those who are not in the room today? If you're married, do it for your wife. If it's your children, if you're a dad, do it for your children. Some of us, I'm sure, are grandchildren. You know, I have a little grandchild. I want to finish my life strong so that my sweet granddaughter can point to me, can think of me, can look at that picture when she's a young adult. And when I'm gone, long gone, she can go, that's part of my legacy. That's part of who I am here today. That's my grandfather, Doyle. Brian Doyle, let me tell you about him. How he fought the fight, how he finished the race, how he kept the faith. That's 2 Timothy 4.7. If you're in the last quarter of life, you know, there's no guarantee you're going to finish strong. You are going to have to fight to finish strong. It's going to take energy and it's going to take declaring like today to finish and to keep the faith. Lord, I pray for us that we would fight the fight that we would finish the race, that we would keep the faith. Thank you for the example of a godly man, Joshua, who stood up and declared out loud in the presence of others what his intention was for he and his family. I pray for my brothers here today who represent so many people, hundreds of men, women, boys, and girls are represented in this room here today. Hundreds are represented, and we would, would we declare out loud, even before we leave here today, that we will serve the Lord, that our families will serve the Lord, that our extended families will serve the Lord. And then would we get after it? Would we get after it in community, in brotherhood, locking arms with other men, not doing it like an American man by herself, but doing it as a godly man with other men? So we bless you for the chance to be together in this place. And now we ask that as we declare, as we do, as we document, would you give us favor to execute well. Our intentions are there. Lord, we need your grace to execute them now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, God bless you guys.